Only Tiger Woods could turn a parent-child scramble into one of the events of the year, but that's the power of Tiger. That's the allure of a comeback, and they came together over the weekend at the PNC Championship, where Woods made his triumphant return to competition, albeit in an exhibition, just 10 months after his harrowing accident that left his right leg shattered. I'm Ryan Labner, soon to be joined by Rex Hoggard, who was on the ground in Orlando at the Ritz, and we'll have the entire breakdown of all things Tiger on this edition of the Golf Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf. But first, Callaway's Apex irons deliver an extraordinary level of forged performance and craftsmanship. They're the first forged irons designed with artificial intelligence for faster ball speeds and improved consistency. Increased forgiveness comes from a massive tungsten energy core, and the enhanced shaping leads to better turf interaction. In short, these irons are engineered to deliver superior performance with iconic feel on every swing. Apex sets the standard in the player's distance category. For more on the Apex family of irons, visit CallawayGolf.com. All right, Rex, let's hop right into it. General question to lead off. What was Sunday like at the PNC Championship? I did the journalistic cop-out, which you and I can appreciate. I did uh, 10 things I learned from Tiger Woods, which... Uh, which I'm not a big on fan Sunday of. night on Sunday night at the PNC. Yeah, I did it, it again. Journalist to cop out. However, I will say our bosses, our editors couldn't have been happier with for me. So, you know, it's probably going to be the, the thing they liked the most that I filed this year. But uh, when I walked away and you know, how when you do one of those lists, it's usually kind of different. You get to seven or eight and you're like, Oh, I need one more. I'm out. And they're so, uh, they, they're so long. And it ends up being like 2000 words. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like, uh, this was 1200 and I was trying to keep it tight and, Bright, and it was not. Uh, I will say this though: that really, the two takeaways that I had is the the questions coming in was physically, how did he look? Was would, would the swing hold up? Or would it stand the test of time after everything he's been through? And two, is, were there any indications that maybe this was something more than a one off? That this is more than just making Charlie happy. That this is something that maybe get the blood flowing again. And I I walked away from the first one that the swing is relatively fine. I mean, he doesn't have the speed, although there were some highlights of him out driving JT on Saturday that I thought was fascinating and funny and all at the same time. But the, I think the fundamentals are there. When you hear the experts, when you hear the Brando Chamblees and the John Cooks talk about it, it's wow that everything he's been through, all the physical challenges, and yet the swing still fundamentally looks very, very good. The second part of that question is, we have the drive. Was there going to be a spark in there that led me to believe that, okay, this is something more than just a one-off. And as he got into Sunday and he and Charlie Birdie 11 out of their last 12 holes to make a game of it. And I didn't think that was going to happen. You could see it in his eyes. Like the desire is still there and the swing is still there. And I don't want to come off completely optimistic because there are still some physical issues that were obvious that he's going to have to overcome. And I still have questions about that, but those two questions were answered with a resounding yes. Yeah, we're certainly going to break down uh, his entire 36 holes in, in forensic detail on this podcast. I do want to circle back. This was one of the most deeply emotional events of the year. And you wrote 10 things that you learned. That is literally that's like that's the month. That's Monday follow material. No one wants to read that on Sunday night. Come on. I'd gone through this, man. I mean, it was emotional on Friday when you talked to him after the pro-am, seeing him play golf for the first time in a year. It was emotional on Saturday when he actually was in between the ropes and, and the round counted and he had a scorecard in his hand. And so I'd already kind of washed through the emotions of what does this mean for Tiger Woods? I, I didn't, I didn't have anything in the tank. I'm not going to lie. You didn't, you. It, you it's didn't been feel, a long, hard fall. You man. didn't feel, you didn't feel anything for Tiger ditching the cart on the 18th hole 
walking the 200 yards with Suntry. I wouldn't even call it walking, more like hobbling the final 200 yards, trying to give it all they got. The Tiger of old, he he eschewed the part where this is just supposed to be a hit and giggle and was actually gunning for a title. Now you didn't, nothing was stirring deep inside of you. You also, you just went for the 10 things you learned. Uh, no, there were emotions on 18 as he was coming up because, but they were emotions of a different kind. And, and again, you can experience this. I had, I had I pretty much finished my top 10 things that I had done. I was just kind of waiting for the quote. You mailed it in. You mailed totally, it in on Sunday. I completely mailed it, mailed it in. on, on <laughs> Sunday of the PNC Championship. <laughs> I did. Uh, of the, I, no, of the PNC Championship. Check yourself. Like, exactly. I mailed it in. Uh, but there were emotions on 18, but it was of the, oh, man, if he wins. They, this, just, they, just, they just weren't yours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to completely rewrite this. Like, please don't make this eagle putt. Like, just come on. Don't win this. I, I don't have this in me on a Sunday. So I purposely did not read whatever you wrote on the website <laughs> because I didn't I didn't want to pollute my own opinions on the matter, uh, though I do encourage everyone else who is listening to the podcast to go check out GolfChannel.com and, <laughs> and read Rex's thing that he uh, clearly mailed in writing live on Sunday. Uh, I think you, you touched on it there, and I wholeheartedly agree. The biggest takeaway for me was that Tiger Woods looked better than expected we talked about it last week on the podcast and in the weeks uh prior specifically after he announced his attention to play in the pnc tiger was not going to show up chopping it up and hitting terrible shots he was not going to show up if he had 140 ball speed and he could only hit at 230 yards and was missing everything and was yippy with a short game like that just that just was not going to happen i don't care how much charlie was trying to encourage him to play in this event, the silly season event, it was not going to happen if Tiger, the arguably the proudest golfer of all time, perhaps the greatest champion that golf has ever seen, he was not going to come up looking like a, a three handicapper uh, playing the resort course in Orlando. That just wasn't going to happen. That said, so my expectations for Tiger were, were reasonably high given that backdrop. That said, he still outseated them with just how good he looked. And on Sunday, he had it certainly seemed a little bit more speed uh, in his swing. He was hammering those power fades uh, that he'd really gone to over the past couple of years to, to kind of save his back. His short game looked exceptionally tidy, uh, specifically his, his putting on what were very good greens uh, there at the Ritz. So yeah, I mean, Tiger, Tiger was better than expected. That's not to say he's now a top five favorite uh, for the masters, but 10 months after basically having his right leg rebuilt, yeah, Tiger, Tiger was pretty sharp, especially for, I think that was, what, his fourth 18-hole round of the entire year, third or fourth? Um, uh, uh, fourth or fifth is what he said. Yes, I mean, he looked, he looked very, very good. Uh, Rex, I kind of want to continue this theme, and again, you may have touched on this in this 10 things that you learned, the, the thing that you mailed in on Sunday night. What was the most uh, encouraging sign uh, from the way Tiger played over those 36 holes? Uh, I really the way he played over the last nine holes is the most encouraging thing because as you pointed out, he clearly was just here to spend time with Charlie. I mean, the idea of competing, the idea of actually playing good golf was probably very, very far from his mind. You're right. He didn't want to come out and embarrass himself. That's why he had been working really towards the last couple of weeks. However, I don't think he realistically thought that he, he could show up here having not played the year, playing, having played two or three rounds, whatever it was coming into it in over a year. The part that got me is on Sunday over those last nine holes. He clearly saw it. There was something, there was a spark 
there was, uh, oh, no, we're in contention. We can do this. It suddenly the smiles went away. The friendly banter went away. The blinders came out for both he and Charlie, by the way. It was funny. My son went out uh, on Saturday and we walked a couple of holes and he pointed your out some looks your son's doppelganger is is trevor lawrence i mean it's 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 just an uncanny resemblance and, and he, he he might actually be able to help the jags like he looks just like trevor lawrence i don't he had that golden arm yeah and unfortunately he does not but and like a hundred and a hundred million dollar contract exactly but he was walking he made the point of saying that charlie does not look happy like it looks like he's miserable out there he's so serious and like there's no smiles or anything. And I said, well, that's Tiger Woods. That's 20 years of covering Tiger Woods. He's, he never looks happy on the golf course until the final putt drops. And he usually is carrying away a trophy. So, but it was those last nine holes. I thought it was so funny that Tiger on Saturday was kind of asked about being Charlie's coach. And I, I found it fascinating that he bristled, bristled shot, yeah, at the question. immediately shot back with, I'm not his coach. I'm his father. And you got sort of a glimpse into how he's doing this, that he's not trying to dispense wisdom to Charlie about golf or life or anything else. He allows Charlie to come to him. And as a parent, I think we talked about this in the pod last week. It's really the only way you can do it. Cause if you try to tell, let me tell you all I know, son, that's not going to work just from a father's perspective. They're, they're going to push back and they're not going to listen, but you saw it on Sunday where there was a moment when you talked about him hitting those power fades to save his back. Well, it was a shot that called for a draw and he was talking the shot over with Charlie and it was, well, Dad, you probably shouldn't hit that shot. Along the lines of, this is what Charlie's saying to Tiger, because it's going to hurt. Like, he's just trying to save his dad from some pain. And he turned, and jokingly, but this is quintessential Tiger, it's, worry about your own game, son. Like, don't worry about <laughs> me. Worry about your own game, son. So I, I thought it was fascinating. He gets over those last nine holes. I'm, I, did a, I did another story that I will do Wednesday that I won't mail in, for those of you who are a little concerned about my... T- Here's a here's a here's a tease. Here's a 48 hour tease. Worried about my effort on Sunday at the PNC Championship. I'm going to follow it up two days later for a silly season. Right before Christmas. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure plenty are going to read that one. Lots of tens of people are going to come and read this column. But no, I wanted to talk to Marco Mira and John Cook and the people who have been around him pretty much his entire professional life. And, And I was taken by the idea of both of those guys said, one, how happy he was and how relieved he seemed to be just being. At, a, at an event, even a silly season event, even a hit and giggle event by his accounts. And the other thing is both of them were absolutely 100% certain, oh, he's going to compete again on the PGA Tour. Like neither one of them would go out on a limb and say it's going to happen in 2022. Neither one would go out on a limb and say Trevino, it's Trevino said, I'm not sure he's, if he's lying or not or if at, he's at not 82. Lying, but he's not right. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't know when Tiger's going to play again. He said Tiger told him. I was like, what? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Didn't. Why would Tiger tell you that? I don't care how long you guys have have known each other. Tiger is not going to tell you that. I genuinely think Tiger does not know, Tiger doesn't know. when he's going to be able to tee it up. That is just a no. ludicrous statement from Lee Trevino. No, and, and look, it, it was kind of caught in a weird spot. It was a very awkward interview. And, and so I don't know what Trevino was trying to get at as far as the, the conversation was after the round on Saturday, Trevino walked up and was kind of talking with Charlie. And a lot of people interpreted that, oh, Lee Trevino is giving Charlie a lesson. I don't, that wasn't the case. Charlie either. Woods does not need a lesson. Uh, he doesn't need a lesson from Lee Trevino. I, I think certainly Mike. Conley. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he needs a lesson in general. Uh, no, no. I mean, it, what's striking is how he, he hasn't seemed to grow much since last year. He's still a little guy who's playing with the Coochers. And Coochers' son is only two years older. He's, he's 14. Oh, wow. And towered over Charlie. So I can imagine at some point he's going to hit some sort of growth spurt. But he's still I mean, a little can guy. We just, 
can we just have a brief interlude here? I mean, Charlie Woods, and look, I thought some of the coverage was was kind of creepy, and it certainly puts the commentators in a really difficult position to to analyze and commentate on the swings and shots of a 12-year-old. And I thought some of the social media stuff was a little bit out of control. This kid is just an absolute baller. I remember when I was 12. So what? what's a, what's a 12-year-old, Rex? Like sixth grade? Yeah. I mean, there's a, I think there's a little bit of, of swagger and confidence that 12-year-olds had because they just feel invincible at that age. Nothing really has, has gone wrong to that point. At least you, you certainly hope not. But this kid is just, he's just bulletproof. I mean, he was reveling in the situation he seemed impervious to the cameras any sort of pressure the 2500 people who were clearly out there to watch him and look i i know the 2021 pnc was different than the 2020 pnc the 2020 pnc was really charlie's coming out party it was what everyone wanted to see how was tiger wood's son going to play this year was certainly all about tiger but this kid absolutely stole the show he might be the best putter at that young age i've ever seen I didn't get to watch Tiger at that age, but I mean, Charlie Woods was pouring it in from everywhere. He seemed to really enjoy it. Um, And just some of the shots that he hit under the situation were incredibly impressive. I don't want this to turn into a a creepy 12-year-old discussion, um, but man, that kid is just so impressive with how he was handling himself on the golf course. No, and you're absolutely right. And I don't know enough about junior golf to say, oh, well, he's a world beater at 12 years old in the junior golf ranks. And, and I actually I, don't. Th- I actually don't think he is. Like, I think he's like top 25 for his age group in the state of Florida, which obviously is nothing to scoff at. Um, and I think it speaks to the depth that you have across the country. But I mean, the dude is impressive. Really impressive. Well, he Hit is. 250 kind of for watched, his size. Yeah. I, I kind of watch uh, Carl Stinson, Hen- Henrik's son, who's also 12. And it seems to me they're 11. Getting- Carl Stinson's 11. 11. Yeah. yeah, they're, they're kind of comparable. It was such a funny moment to get off the topic. Uh, when they came off the course, Hen- I'm talking about the Stinsons, uh, Henrik was stopped to do an interview with Carl. And Carl just kept walking because he was so mad with his game to the point that his mom, the sweetest lady on, on tour, uh, Henrik Stinson's wife, had to corral Carl and tell him to go back. And at first he shook his head and there was a, there was a heated conversation. And finally she drug him by the ear, essentially back over to the interview area. And Henrik is just dying laughing. And so I, I said something to him afterwards and he's kind of shrugged and I go, well, you can't say anything. Like it's you, like it's completely you. This is you. Where do you think that he learned that type of on course comportment? The only surprise is that he didn't snap his seven iron over his knee and chuck it in the, chuck it in the garbage bin. Yes. Yeah. So everyone, and look, I, I think it's so special and, and I'm, this is an event I'm going to look forward to for a very long time because the, the woods are going to be are going to define this event for decades now, because Charlie's going to want to play with Tiger and Tiger's going to want to play with Charlie. So it's going to be a fun December trip at, for a long, long time. That being said, watch the other kids, because like I said, I'm watching the Coochers interact. It's They're fun. all really good. They're all like, really I was, good. Reagan I was telling it's really good and funny. Oh my and, God. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Like I was telling my wife, I was like, the most impressive thing to me isn't how Kucher hits it or JT or Tiger. I mean, I mean, I guess besides Tiger, these are all known quantities. Like you expect them to hit good shots, but like Reagan sink isn't playing a ton and he's pouring in 15 footers and David Duvall's son was hitting good shots. And Nick Price's kid was, was coming in clutch and making birdies on his own ball. Like it was super impressive. Like you didn't see top shots or chunk shots or slices into the trees. I mean, like TV wasn't showing them, but man, it was unbelievable the quality of golf. 
Well, it was funny yesterday. Uh, so Sunday morning, they were Team Woods is warming up, and obviously Charlie gets to the range quite a bit earlier than, than Tiger got to the range because he obviously had some rehab and some recovery and some some warm up he needed to take care of to get just to get his body <laughs> putting, putting Frankenstein back together. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. All the springs and sprockets that had fallen off over the last twenty four hours need to be put back in place. But Charlie's hitting balls on the range, and we're waiting for him. And Charlie is chunking shots, and he's hitting these snap hooks and just things that we hadn't seen. And so he's clearly getting flustered and he's just kind of marching around and, and, tell, and that actually that actually reminds me of speed of the 2016 masters and his his warm up <laughs> before the final round <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um but tiger makes it out to the range and he watches uh charlie hit two or three shots and they're not good and charlie is clearly upset and tiger doesn't say a word he just kind of shrugs and turns and starts hitting his own balls and i don't know like in my mind as a dad and i just just heap praise on tiger for doing the right thing as a dad and just being like, all right, figure it out for yourself. If you have any questions, let me know. I don't know in that situation, if I could have done the same thing, being the fact that we're about to be on national TV, hundreds of thousands of not millions of people are going to watch this. And this kid is millions. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Tiger's probably like, Oh no, now I've got to carry this team. And I was hoping I could, I could rely on Charlie the entire time. Um, uh, I forgot what the original question that I proposed to you was, but I did want to make the point, and I'm not sure if you did or not because it's been a long, it's been a long time now since since we talked about actually Tiger's game. The most encouraging thing to me, and I, I tweeted it out yesterday, was that Tiger seemed to play better and even move better. Like I know he got tired, but he seemed to move better shortly in the middle of the round towards the end of the tournament, which is exactly the opposite of what you would have anticipated at the beginning of the week. As expected, Tiger played the Friday Pro, and we did the podcast uh, after you saw him in person over those 18 holes. The general expectation was that by Sunday afternoon, he was going to be absolutely gassed. He was going to be in pain. He was going to be taking more holes off. It actually seemed to be the opposite. I'm not sure whether that was adrenaline playing a factor. Maybe he just woke up on Sunday morning and felt better and said, let's go Let's go do this. Obviously, the, the birdie train helps with the momentum. Maybe there's just some magic uh, in that red uh, Sunday polo once again. But to me, that was the most encouraging sign that his endurance uh, throughout the course of this 54-hole competition, including the Pro-Am, uh, was actually a little bit better than expected. I would have thought he would have been totally gassed, and that wasn't the case at all. What did you see on the back nine? And, and I guess kind of what were your impressions of Tiger's endurance throughout the week, because that was really the big question heading in. Uh, Steve Sands asked an interesting, interesting question, and he had, a, he had a good answer about, to your point, he seemed to get better as the week went by. And Steve's question was, did, you, did the adrenaline coming down the stretch make it easier for you? And Tiger kind of dismissed that idea, and he said, what had happened over the course of the week? He goes, I, I just understood my game. Like, it, it took me, you know, a couple days, a couple holes to figure out the things I could do and the things I couldn't do to your point. I mean, kind of hitting the slappy fades. Like that's what I have to do. This is the, um, the way I'm going to have to play this game. And no one in the history of the game, I believe, or at least the modern history of the game has been able to figure it out on the fly as well as Tiger Woods. And this was an example of, I just think he realized that, okay, I can't hit that shot. I've got to figure out another way to get this somewhere around the hole. Give us they, all they wanted were 18 looks. Birdie looks uh, along those lines. And I bring up Steve Sands and this is an interesting, and I want to Great. ask you, Great uh, interviewer. Uh, great interviewer. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Uh, to, to that point, he right before Tiger went over to the live shot to be interviewed by Steve, Steve walks up and he poses this question. He goes, what do you think about this? And it was really an interesting question. It was given how involved Earl Woods was in your life as a golfer, 
you being his son. He never had the opportunity, obviously, passing away. To see this, what do you think Earl's emotions would have been like having seeing you playing this event with Charlie, Charlie having the same passion? He didn't ask the question, and the reason is why I, my, my statement was it could go really, really well, or it could go really, really poorly, and you end up as a meme for all time. So it's, it's kind of up to you. There's a lot of that's a great a that's a that's a great last question. It, it I is. Well, I certainly, I I certainly, I certainly wouldn't pose question. it first. I don't know if it's a great last question on the broadcast, and it's a it's a fine it's it's a fine line. I mean, to his point, it should have been a question that I asked in the scrum area had I not been mailing in my my ten things I learned about Tiger Woods. You but probably I, didn't even attend this. You probably didn't even attend the the post on press conference. You were you were probably already up I four heading back to Longwood. Not only did I attend it, and, and I actually asked a few questions, but I actually hung around after I had already filed my 10 things just to listen to the John Daly press conference, just because I thought, oh, this is going to be entertaining if, if for nothing. No other reason. I had no interest in writing anything about John Daly winning, but for no other reason, I wanted to hear it. Was Daly asked about why he blocked me on Twitter? Uh, he was not. I can only assume it's something snarky or mean that you said. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's not, uh, that's not totally unreasonable. Uh, I wish Sands had asked that if if only because it would have been something different posed to Tiger. It would get him out of the mode of just talking about tee shot strategy and, you know, putting or whatever other golf centric uh, questions Tiger was asked and inevitably wanted to steer uh, the conversation that perhaps that's a question uh, for next year, the 2022 PNC championship, as well as the uh, team woods play. They finished two shots behind, uh, the team of John Daly and his son, uh, John Daly II, who is a freshman at Arkansas and a very good player, uh, obviously. It wasn't all uh, encouraging signs for Tiger. What were some of your biggest concerns uh, after watching Tiger for 54 holes? I think we had this conversation. So on Friday, we're doing, we, we, we broadcast all the Pro-Am and we're kind of doing this run and gun thing as far as doing live shots from the golf course as we're walking with Tiger and just trying to keep everyone up to date on golf today. And so Todd was on a hole ahead of me doing a live shot and I was a hole behind with Tiger's group and I was coming on right after him. And I had one word written in my notebook, limp. And he, Todd's only report was there is no noticeable limp. And I'm thinking to myself, are we watching the same player? Cause all I see is limp. And no he, noticeable limp. T Lou. Get your, yes, get your prescription yes. well, glasses fixed, it, pal. Well, and by Sunday afternoon, I'm still teasing him about it. And he goes, clearly, and it was, it was probably the worst. And for all the understandable reasons, when he walked off the podium on Sunday and the adrenaline was gone and you could tell the pain was kicking in and there were physical limitations. And he went back to the answer that I think he's going to camp on for a little while. He's never playing a full schedule again. It's going to be pick and choose. I'm going to play four or five, six events if my body will let me. And let's, let's be honest, hope for the best. He's not going to have the ability physically to ramp up anymore. I mean, I, I started this very optimistically saying that I saw some very, very good things. I also saw some really, really concerning things. I mean, that right leg is, is going to be a liability for the rest of his competitive career. And that's not even going back to the back issues he had before this accident. And it was mentioned by someone who would know that during his, directly after the accident, the back was actually in very, very good shape. Because he was laying in bed. He couldn't get up and move around. He was, he was in a wheelchair. It has progressively gotten more and more concerning as he started to ramp back up, getting ready for this event, getting ready for whatever's going to happen next year. Those two, that's not two small things that he's going to have to overcome. It was very interesting. You were probably on the golf course and didn't see it, but uh, NBC did a 
breakdown of Tiger's swing at impact, his impact position in 2020 versus 2021. Obviously, in 2020, he actually had a back issue uh, that was affecting him at that point. He needed another microdisectomy just uh, a week or two later. Um, but he was on his right side. He was up on his toes. He was clearing basically what you would expect a normal impact position for a PJ Tour Pro to look like. This time, he was barely, if if at all, clearing off that right side and pushing into his left side uh, at impact. And so that, to me, told me that he is not yet comfortable pushing off his right side. That is going to be a power drainer for him. He's going to have to uh, rely on his hands, his wrists, uh, his timing a little bit more than probably uh, Tiger's used to. Tiger would want to, and that's going to be an adjustment for him. I don't think it's any coincidence that his upper body is absolutely uh, jacked at this point because he knows that it is going to re- involve a lot of upper body strength and timing um, and wrist action in order to get the club squared up at impact given uh, his new limitations. So that is certainly uh, one concern, how he deals with his new body. Will he be able to generate enough power to take on 7,700 yard golf courses that you're going to see in major championships? I think the Ritz was playing at what, like seven seventy one hundred 7,100 or so with the ball running with the very warm conditions. So that's certainly something uh, to keep an eye on. So obviously walking is going to be a major concern and you touched on it there. With the back. I mean, the reason Tiger was not playing in 2021 initially wasn't because of his leg. That hadn't happened yet. It was because of his back. That is con- going to continually being a hit or miss issue. And so 72 holes, putting it all together, having good enough leg strength to get through not just the 72 holes of tournament competition, but as well as the practice rounds and the weeks preceding that to hit enough balls to be sharp enough to compete against the world's best. That's certainly a concern with his leg but also the back. Does he wake up one morning and just doesn't have the sort of rotation and the speed that he needs to be able to hit the shots at a tour caliber uh, level? That That's certainly going to be an issue. I always said that the 2019 Masters was one of the most remarkable feats. Certainly, I think that I'll, perhaps we'll ever see in my career covering this game because everything came together. He somehow managed to have his body in a position that he could survive that on one of the most difficult walks uh, in all of golf. You had the conditions of the the tournament leaders fading. He got a couple lucky breaks with where he hit it in some of the trees. Like literally it was the perfect storm and tiger capitalized because that is exactly what tiger woods does. Rex, I wanted to pose this question to you next. How did the performance at this 36 hole PNC parent child tournament change your expectations for tiger? If at all, for 2022 what happened to your hair i buzzed it i buzzed it why'd you do that um so you had been uh goading me uh for weeks about how i looked homeless and quite frankly i was starting to get a little self-conscious i you know i usually have uh i'm starting to keep the video on the internet from last week i I got i I know that proves my point I know. And so uh, I was starting to feel a little self-conscious. I, I, I started keeping the video off during these Zoom records because uh, I just didn't want to hear it again, anymore. by the way. There'll be another picture. Did you? Yeah, I just got you. Yeah. Can you at least have me smiling in one of them? Um, and so, quite frankly, I was sick of it. Uh, so I made an appointment, as you suggested that I needed to do, because you can't just walk in anymore in these uh, COVID times. And I made an appointment at my local Supercuts. 
And, you know, I usually get my usual one and a half on the side. You blend it up. It's a little bit messy on top. That's how I like to do it. I think it looks good uh, on TV. It's certainly more professional uh, than the look that I had going over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, it seemed fine. And I paid my 23 bucks and, and headed home, uh, sat down on the couch to watch uh, something with my wife. I think football was on. She goes, oh my God, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> what do you? I go, what do you mean? She goes, have you looked in the mirror? I said, yeah. I said, it looks, looks fine. She goes, that is one of the worst butcher jobs I have ever seen. She was taking pictures. She was Snapchatting it to all her friends, just having a, a grand old time. Look at it. And she says, bring, bring a little uh, mirror over here. So I did. The, the lower half of my right side was, was cut as it should with one and a half. And then there was like the strangest blotching and it, it wasn't blended. It was actually very long in certain spots and just was not blended at all. She said, this is, you can't, you can't salvage this. This is unsalvageable haircut. She says, you have only one possible solution to this crisis. And she said, you know, we got, you know, we got Christmas coming up. We're going to be taking photos for the gram. I said, you need to, you need to fix this. So I went upstairs and I buzzed it. I buzzed it off. That was the only way to salvage the situation. So I took a clipper that I would, that I used for my son, buzzed the top, tried to buzz the sides and the back blind. And I'm going to be honest, Rex. I think I like it. I think I like how it, I think I like how it turned out. I think it's clean. Uh, it's easily manageable. I, you know, I can, I can do a quick trim every single week and not have an issue like you look at people on TV, it never looks like they're in dire need of a haircut, right? Like everyone's hair never seems to grow. I'm always kind of mystified by that. Well, this is my way to do that. I don't have to go now two months without a haircut because I can just give it a quick little trim every week and keep it the same. What do you think? Are you thumbs up on the haircut? Or are you thumbs down the haircut? There's so much to unpack there. First, $23, you got what you paid for. I mean, I've literally gone to a Great Clips or Supercuts Every two months since college. And like, not to overstate this, but you are on TV and you probably yeah. need a little. I don't, you don't have to go to a salon in, in Manhattan. I don't expect that out of you, but you are on TV. There is an image that you need to maintain. And that's probably a little bit better than $23 at wherever it is you went. It had, it's, it's, it has served me well over the past decade. Has it not? I've done, I've done just fine. I've been just fine with that. With that yeah, to answer your haircut. question, whether well, there's two questions. Yes, I, I like it. I like the idea that this is going to be the, the new lab that you've just given up, that you've just thrown in the towel and forget this it. Is my, this, is my Sunday, this is my Sunday at the PNC look. Uh, is, that's going to be your Sunday everywhere look, though, right? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I mean, you can see it looks good. Yeah. It's yeah. uniform. It's uniform. You know, I'm gonna I could put probably a, trim the sides a little bit more. I'm going to put a picture out. We'll, we'll let the people speak on this one, if you, it looks good or not. To answer your original question, and I What was the original column, question? I, I do. I do want to answer this. My, I ended my, my mailing column of 10 things I took away from Tiger Woods with the idea that forget about <laughs> speculation for now. This was about Tiger having an opportunity to spend time with his son. That being said, let's just, let's just jump right into wild speculation. And no, uh, I don't think we're going to see him for another year. I get, I would say the PNC. Whoa, another but, year. Yeah, no. And, and this is based on, on talking with people who, who people are picking him to win the masters. Win the masters. Is that what you just said? Win the masters. Oh, wow. That's cra- That's insane. I mean, that that's crazy. I, and I'm not going to count tiger out. I mean, that would be ridiculous. I can imagine him playing 
a PGA Tour, 72-hole real PGA Tour event sometime in 2022. And we've gone over the you likely said you're not, He's not going to play for a year. We've gone over the likely favorites. I mean, I think St. Andrews would be a very, very good option. We, we talked about the Players' Championship because the Hall of Fame, he goes into the Hall of Fame that week, and it's going to be in Punta Vedra. So for all those reasons, you can kind of point to. We talked about his event, the Hero World Challenge, next December in the Bahamas, I, I think would be a good option. That being said, there's no doubt in my mind now, I don't know if it's going to be 2022, but he will play on the PGA Tour again. Can he win on the PGA Tour again? That I don't know. I mean, it seems like the bar is so high now. And it's funny, he was asked because uh, Todd Lewis, another very, very good reporter, uh, he actually got Matt Kuchar on the side and he asked Matt, can he win again on the PGA Tour? And Matt was very, very like point blank, absolutely. He, he will win again on the PGA Tour, I think was Matt's response. And Todd, being a good reporter, asked Tiger, this is what Matt just said. And Tiger completely laughed it off, dismissed it. He goes, no, I'm nowhere near close now to be able to compete at that level. And again, as encouraged as I was by all of this, there are going to be physical limitations that he's going to have to work around. I'm not saying he can't do it, but he's going to find, have to find workarounds for all these things. Can he win again? Yes. Will he win again? I'm asking yourself. I'm just, your I'm just not so sure. I mean, he's... All right, so if he plays a limited schedule, he's going to play four to six times. He's not showing up, no, uh, no offense to these terms, he's not showing up in Tampa or Greensboro hey, or the John Deere. Tampa, Greensboro. Look, I, I, left, I, left, I left Sea Island off that. I didn't, I, didn't mention, I didn't mention your precious like RSM. Tampa, like, like Greensboro, they're all good events. Like, all like good. he's only going to show up at the majors or like an invitational like Bay Hill or Memorial, if he even plays those like I could literally just see him trying to play the majors and obviously the hero and um, the PNC championship. Like I could conceivably see that like, like he, we may never see him in a regular PJ tour event ever again. I think that would probably actually be tiger's best bet to pick off another major. I mean, you think of the masters with limited field, obviously uh, his innate court not course knowledge there. Uh, the PJ Championship is going to be a very difficult one with the 100 best players in the world. The U.S. Open, obviously, the ch- the course is going to be the most challenging, but maybe he adapts his game and is a little bit more precision based moving forward. You think half the field is is uh, a sectional qualifier? Maybe that's a little bit easier. The Open Championship, hey, maybe you get on the better side of the draw. You have the qualifiers in there as well. He's arguably one of the best links players of all time. I wouldn't mess, Rex. I would not mess with the Rivieras and the Bay Hills and the Memorials of the world. I wouldn't You're just even throwing everything under the bus right now. You realize no, that right? I wouldn't. I just wouldn't even. I wouldn't even try for those. That's not where. I mean, yeah, one more win would would get him the all time wins record by himself. But his legacy is going to be defined by the majors. Why would you gear up for Memorial when instead you can try and give it your best shot for the Open? That's that's all I'm saying. Like, why would you? He clearly only has a couple bullets left in the chamber. We can all agree on that, right? Like, he's not going to be doing this for the next five to ten years of playing a very limited schedule. I just do not see that happening. His his brittle body just cannot withstand that type of pounding for an extended period of time. So, if you have a limited number of bullets in the chamber, why fire them early? Why not fire them at the biggest possible target, and that's the majors. I don't disagree with that. And, and I think that's, he's made it pretty clear. You don't have to read between the lines on that one. I will say this. If, 
if not for the mail-in 10 things I learned column, the alternative in my mind is had they actually won yesterday, the column I had in mind was I was going to make an argument that this breaks Sam Snead's record. And, the, and, and I know you're going to roll I your tweeted eyes. that. I tweeted oh, I that. Did you? I didn't. I didn't did you? That. Did you not give me the RT? Wow. Do you, I, I actually do you, do you do you still have me muted and or blocked? Maybe so ever since NCAA's. May, that actually that actually could be. Yeah. Uh, but in, but the argument I was going to make is there are a couple Miami four balls which are were team events back way back in the day that count on Sam Snead's record of uh, eighty two. Oh, Snead's got a bunch of really suspect ones. There's like and a my argument was going to be World Championship of Golf against like four other guys over thirty six holes. Like, come yeah, on. My argument was going to be like, look, I, I argue this is as good as field as anything that Sam Snead beat at the Miami four ball. And that he didn't have his son as a partner. And granted, I will argue that Charlie, that Charlie carried the team uh, for the entire week. However, I, I would have made the argument that this breaks the record. And of course, it, it does not. Just to be clear, that, that this would not have counted as an official PGA Tour event, Tour win. It, it would have counted as an official PGA Tour champions win. Hmm. I did not know that. I mean, it, I mean, just cheekily, I said that this should this should be the tiebreaker if Tiger somehow won. PNC on a rebuilt leg 10 months after uh, nearly dying in a car accident. I just said that should be the tiebreaker. Uh, I wasn't going to. This is not a testament at all to, to this particular podcast or our podcast, but uh, I have changed. My life has changed that I realize you can listen to podcasts at one and a half or two times speed. You can? Yes. And it has oh. changed my life. But there's a oh. setting. Wherever you get your podcast, which I hope, hopefully it is at golfchannel.com, but wherever it is you get your podcast, there's a setting where you can go one and a half for two times speed. And it has changed my life. What does it sound like? Does it sound warped? Uh, some do, some don't. It depends on, like, you would probably sound fine at one and a half. I was just thinking this because your, your cadence is much slower than mine. I sound like I'm, I'm yeah, in a, in a Mickey Mouse movie because my cadence is much faster than yours. If you guys are listening to this on one and a half or two times speed, let us know uh, on our Twitter accounts. I'd be very curious. And I'm, I'm going to have to queue it up later once this podcast gets posted just uh, to listen to that. Now I'm, now I'm like self-consciously thinking of my cadence and, and how I'm talking. No, um, and once you go into one of your riffs where you talk for three minutes, that's when your cadence slows down. Yeah, because otherwise I'm going to really get long-winded and and more off topic than I'm, than I'm typically going to. Uh, let's get back on topic here. I still think the Open Championship uh, is the most likely time we're going to see Tiger. It's not going to be at the Players' Championship, regardless of what uh, Lee Trevino thinks. Not gonna uh, be, it's not, not going to be the Masters. I, I, just can't, I just can't see him at Augusta. I'd love to see it. I certainly think he's going to be at the Champions' Dinner, and that's going to be extremely strange if he does not play the Masters the guy comes in just like in 2017 and goes to champions dinner, but does not actually stay for the tournament proper. That'll be uh, a very strange sight, especially considering uh, what we saw and how many encouraging signs we saw um, just last week at the PNC championship. Hard to see him gearing back up to get back to Southern Hills, even though he does have success there. Brookline, meh, the U S open is not going to be, the tournament he is going to win uh, in the future. So why not? Why not the Open Championship? St. Andrews, the old course, is his favorite course in the world. It is flat terrain. Luck of the draws involved there. He can still shape shots, probably as good as anyone else on the PJ Tour. Uh, Justin Thomas is certainly uh, in that category 
as well. The open just makes a lot of sense. And I really hope his recovery allows him to tee it up in a major this year because the buzz, especially for the 150th open would be absolutely off the charts. See, if, if you listen to that at one and a half times speed, that'd be perfect. Cause that was one of your three minute. I'm Good. just going to filibuster deals. Yeah. See, Good. Little Good. Life hack mm-hmm. Um. All right. So that's enough tiger talk. Um. I hope Is you guys it? were pleased. Uh, with this Golf Central podcast, because like Callaway Golf. I do have two more questions for you, Rex. Uh, what gift do you want most this year with Christmas now? Uh, we're taping this podcast on Monday, uh, just five days away. What's, what's the gift you're, you, you most want this year? You know, I can't do this because we were, we were texting back and forth. I don't know what to do with uh, – yeah, I don't know. I, I've, got a, I've got a gift card. It's, it's, on, it's an Amazon gift card. Thank you, Merce. Thank you, Merce. $500 gift bags. card. Very generous. Jim, it was very, very generous. nice of you to do that. Um, but I don't know. I want to get a new bumper and um, and tail uh, back bumper for my Jeep. It's what I've done the last couple. Why? Of years. Who? Who cares? What a stupid gift! No, no. My, like my Jeep is your smokers, like that your grills, like my. It's it's like a Lego toy. I keep putting new stuff on it. I got the doors last year. I got. I do remember. I actually, I actually remember the doors from last year. Yep. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm in between that, and I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I'm torn. I got nothing. I feel like I feel like your Jeep's gonna break down before you're done adding on all your little specialty accessories. You want to know why? I, I'm probably not going to do it. Is because I'm going to give the Jeep to my son next year, my middle son. And so you don't want it. Shouldn't yeah. shouldn't shouldn't he have a nice a nice bumper? Um, well, it, it's got the stock bumper on it. I don't know that that's not a nice bumper. I just wanted to upgrade to something a little bit more, you know, Jeepy. What flat? Is it flashier? What is it? Uh, is it like? Is it? What yeah, is I mean, it, there's uh, room for a winch on plated? there. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's got some it's got some takedown lights. They're LEDs that look really really cool. It's got you know some towing attachments to it. Like it's just you know it's a Jeep thing. You don't get it. You don't. You wouldn't understand. I don't actually. I do have a Jeep, but not uh, the kind of Jeep uh, that you have. All right, so if that's. You want a grill? I know what we're getting at here. What do you want? Um. Well, I already ha- I already have it. Um. I'm looking at it right now. In fact, it's in a, a very enormous box that I cannot wait to build. Uh, and that is a Blackstone. It's a Blackstone grill. It's a flat top grill. I believe it is the perfect uh, addition to what is a already expansive uh, grilling arsenal. If you're not familiar with this, this is like, you know, a griddle, like you'd make breakfast on there. So that's going to be a whole thing. You can do smash burgers. Uh, you can do hibachi, uh, very popular Blackstone grills. That is what my wife got me for Christmas. Surprise. Uh, I'm looking at it in this box uh, right now. Other than that, uh, I have no idea what I will be getting. I don't really want anything. If I want something, it's probably going to be something barbecue, and in which case I would not trust anyone, not my parents, uh, not my wife, not my in-laws, uh, not my sister-in-law. I, do, I would not want them to pick out my barbecue accessories. If you're listening to this, please do not pick out my barbecue accessories. You don't know what I like. I'm very specific. Uh, I appreciate the gesture but just save that type of selection to me. It's the same way for golf stuff, right? Like every, yes. your mother-in-law. Just stop it. Just yeah, don't, don't, you. don't buy me a shirt. Don't. You don't know. I mean, I've, I've tried every single polo there is in the store. Like, I know I which brands I like. Which brands I don't. Bag. Yeah. I don't, nope. I don't want any of that. Don't buy me those Kirkland golf balls. Like we can, we can get a nice deal on, on, on the, on the ones that we can get. Uh, just please leave us alone. Wait, which uh, one's secondly, just out of curiosity. Uh, I, I either get tailor-made or the ones that I find in the woods, uh, since I'm inevitably searching for my own ball there. And if I can find another one while I am searching, uh, more power to me. You're not um, very good. All right. I will say, I just thought of what I wanted. I got a, I got a picture 
Uh, right no, back. I want it. You know, actually, actually, Rex, if someone's still listening to this, you know what I want for Christmas? I want a Callaway driver. That's exactly what I, I was need, about to say. Yeah. I got a picture I need, yesterday I need of a my new son. Chef. He smashed the face in on my epic driver. So, you know, smash the face. Up. It's not like you've been loosening that face over the past couple of years. You certainly hadn't been hitting the center of the club a little, face. a little bit harder than I do. My God. Yeah. If you, if you guys are listening, I need a stiff shaft uh for my driver the extra stiff now that i hurt my elbow is just not going to cut it anymore i'm literally hitting off the planet we discussed that on the podcast a couple of months ago uh to no avail uh rex second question that i had for you since uh, you're going to get a very lame uh bumper and tail for your jeep what are you cooking what is on the menu for either christmas eve or christmas dinner i don't know which one is a bigger deal in your household uh, Christmas dinner, but we eat that over at the in-laws, uh, so I won't be cooking anything for that. I, I I was going to do ribs again on Christmas Eve, but I just did them uh, for the Army-Navy game. So I'm thinking about maybe doing pulled pork. I haven't done pulled pork in a long time. How did the ribs turn out? Uh, very, very good. Yes, we had friends over. It, uh, it, it It's a big hit. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Um, Christmas Eve, uh, in-laws will be here. They're departing like lunchtime on Christmas, so we're doing the big shindig on Christmas Eve, we're having beef tenderloin. Nice. Um, it is insanely ex- expensive. This is not a brag. This is just like stating the reality. Like they they've done this for generations. They have beef tenderloin on Christmas Eve. It's like one hundred and forty dollars. Like it's just absolutely insane. And my mother in law, since I have myriad grills, always wants me to cook it. And they're if they're paying for if they're paying for the beef, I'm not cooking that thing. There is no way. Too much pressure. Way too much pressure. What if I botch a one hundred forty dollar piece of meat? Like, nope, you're paying for it. If you want to butcher it, go nuts. You can do it in the oven. You can do it on the, in a pan. I don't know how you want to do it, uh, but I will not touch that meat. What I will do on Christmas Day is smoke a ham, as I traditionally do. And we're also going to do like some sort of pasta dish with lobster tails, shrimp cocktail. Wow. Uh, that'll be a whole thing since it'll just be uh, me and my wife. Um, at that point, Rex, we have neglected to do this over like the past six weeks, but I promise next week, week yeah. finally, we will do the PJ tour awards for the 2021 calendar year, a recap of the best players, the best tournaments, the best moments, the best memories we have from covering, uh, this game that we all love to write and talk about, uh, Charlie, let's get all the pit money. Can I just give He's all like, the he has to, he has to crack the top five at this point. He has to, yeah. Like the only, only like Brooks and Bryson could, could rival Charlie Woods. And it's, it is hilarious too, that, that there was a discussion of, of who, who, who else besides Tiger could win in 2021 since he didn't play an official event. Uh, I think that discussion uh, ends. Tiger is the Pip King now and forever. We will obviously be talking about Tiger next week in that year ending podcast. And Rex, before you know it, it's going to be 2022. We'll have a full preview of the year ahead of golf. Uh, We certainly can't wait. So happy holidays to you and yours. Have fun. Be safe. Be merry. And we will talk to you guys next week for the next edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. Go UCF.